So, hello and welcome to Salopcast. Um, myself, Ollie, and Glenn, how you doing, mate? Oh, I'm having the best weekend ever. You know, it's Monday now and we're recording. Obviously, we couldn't record on the Sunday, but there can't be a town fan in the world who is not full of the joys of late spring. Absolutely amazing. Super, super weekend. Um, yeah, I went to see Michael McIntyre on Friday, oh, so that was nice. good. Um, yeah, f- watched a bit of football on Saturday and then, yeah, went to Shrewsbury on Sunday. So fantastic. And yeah, we changed the um, intro um, today um, yes. and we've got a chanting from, from the ground um, at the game on Sunday and the chanting and the deepness of the clapping and the noise. How good were the fans on Sunday, Glenn? I, th- yeah, I think it's funny. I went on Radio Shropshire this morning. I know you've been on the radio. You talk about that as well. But one of the things they asked me this morning was the same question you did. You know, what was the best thing about Saturday? And obviously winning and going through to the final was the best thing. But for me, I was hugely proud of our fans on Saturday uh, as, a, as a bunch. I, I really think that they were so behind the team and there was such a will for them to win. And the noise, that you know, particularly the West End where we were sitting, and I'm sure it was probably the same around the whole stadium, the noise during some of the chants was just unbelievable. And, and not just that, how much they got on the referees back and things like that as well. So, yeah, normally we always play Paul Hurst Barmy Army as an intro to this podcast, but we felt as Blue and Amber Army has become quite an iconic chant for us this season, Ollie, I think. It's yeah. probably our, our sort of new, sort of best chant, if you will. I thought it was good to intro what was a special game with, with that chant, really. So, um, yeah, we'll probably keep talking about the fans all the way through because they played such a big part in the game for me, yeah. Ollie, but it was just brilliant. It was absolutely key, yeah. It was a very, very special day in many, many ways. Mm. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, our... Um, uh, media duties also <laughs> promoting the club and continues the yeah, hours on Talksport again um, to Talksport again um, today. Um, they said I'm a celebrity town fan, oh, which I found quite funny. I'm not. I don't think I'm in the same league as you yet, Glenn. I'd say you're my Yoda to to, to I'm Luke, but um, yeah, a bit behind you in that. It's funny that because um, I went to Radio Shropshire again on, on the other morning, but I also did a thing for Fansbet. Um, I met the guys oh, cool. from Fansbet who sponsored the the Safe Standing, and they wanted to do yeah. a bit of a. Uh, of fan interaction and so I did a sort of a, I think it was like a three or four minute piece with them and they were really nice guys to be fair and they, they were talking about wanting to engage with the Shrewsbury Town fans more and stuff and um, yeah it was interesting things but um, it was interesting because Mike Davis was obviously there from the Supporters Parliament who I think is the king of Shrewsbury Town fan media yeah. things now because obviously he's on TV doing all sorts of stuff so we're, we're small fry compared to Mike aren't we? We are, <laughs> we definitely are, we definitely are. So, so Glenn, this pod I, I love Saturday's pod and also just thanks to everyone who listened to Saturday's pod yes. so it was just yeah we just get we, me and Glenn we often message each other as the listens come in um, and we were just absolutely ecstatic as to see all the numbers come flying and say so thanks to you guys for listening mm. in such a short space so we love that and then yeah we're both buzzing for this pod Glenn yeah it's going to be the best one of the season I think because it's just it's just yeah there's so much to just digest from not only what went on the pitch but also what happened you know before and after and, and everything yeah. else so yeah let's tear into it Ollie because it's going to be fun they drew 2-2 at Millmore only a few days ago, but here comes Shrewsbury now with Stevens. Great chance. Must jolly be a goal for Taylor. Shrewsbury are back in it. So, yes, uh, Sunday the 13th of May, a day that will live long in the memory of Shrewsbury Town fans. Uh, a 5.15 kick-off because it was on TV, wasn't it? And obviously all the Premiership games had kicked off at 3 o'clock. So, yeah, we were sort of only only thing in, only show in town, really, at 5.15, weren't we? And as it turned out, it was another 1-0 victory to Shrewsbury Town. Carl Morris scoring on the 58th minute, and uh, there we go, in front of an attendance of 9,016, um, which was a sellout, but strangely, there was still quite a lot of empty seats, which I couldn't get my head around, but um, that was a bit odd. So, yeah, you've got some good stats to go through, Ollie, and some of these are bloody amazing stats, to be honest with you. Yes. But, um, probably just quickly, we're running through the team for any Shrewsbury Town fans who've probably missed this and been under a rock, but yeah, same team as the uh, the first playoff leg in Charlton, so Henderson in goal, Bolton Sadler, Toto and Beckles at the back, Godfrey Nolan, Bryn Morris, central midfielders, um, Wally and Rodders on the wing and Carlton Morris up front so no changes and we don't really need to discuss that Ollie because I didn't think we would expect there to be any changes <laughs> no no not surprised <laughs> at all so yeah some stats some good ones here so we got um, so this is the first time we've ever been in a, a third, third tier playoff final yep so that's something to chalk off the stats. Um, we've now won the most um, games by a single goal margin. So that's 21 games this all season now. Wow. Um, second behind is Ackerton Stanley. Um, and yeah, for me, this was the um, the most, I don't know, it sounds silly way to say, but the shrewsburyest performances <laughs> and results this season to win both games 1-0. 1-0 is absolutely superb. And I absolutely love the fact that we won 1-0 both times. It's just brilliant. We did it our Absolutely way, Ollie, as they say. Our we way, did it yeah. our way. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's um, interestingly for Paul Hurst, this is the seventh time he's been in the playoffs wow. in 10 years. So that's for us is that, you know, a huge um, advantage that um, Paul Hurst brings to the game. Mm, I wonder what his overall record's like in them. 
I didn't want to look. <laughs> I was happy. I was happy to keep Fair the seventh start. And then, interestingly, so this that was our seventy. Oh, sorry, our sixty-first game of the, of the season, yeah. all competitions. So, so that's a lot of games. Crazy. And um, yeah, and interesting as well. Obviously, so um, second time that Morris has sent us to Wembley. Yeah, it's funny that he doesn't score many goals, but he, no. when he does score, it seems to do something good for the football club. And so uh, we said on the podcast, we did the extra podcast in the week, didn't we, just to cover the first leg? And I think I even said if I want, if anyone was going to score the winner to send us to Wembley, I'd really like it to be Carlton Morris again because you yeah. know he's had a bit of a knock and he's really worked hard all season he hasn't got the goals that probably his overall play deserves um so for him to get both the Wembley moments has, has probably meant it that, that he, you know his season's been fantastic really so yeah it was good that he scored one it but um yeah fair play to him yeah for, and that means he scored I don't know if it's 10 goals I think it's 10 goals in all competitions yes, this season now yeah um so that's it's still it's still good it was fantastic and yeah fantastic contribution it was so yeah we've done the team so I suppose the first thing to talk about really which is what everyone else's experience has been is what sort of pre-match was like because there was a lot of people drinking in the pubs and the fan zones pre-match and I think one of the things that kind of helped the day a little bit like Blackpool Ollie was that you had uh, a later kickoff. well it wasn't a late kickoff Blackpool but you had a lot of people sort of enjoying the delights of local hostelries before match so getting up yeah. for the game there was a real big build up to this game I think and um, I think that did play a, a bit of a part in the atmosphere for me um, so I, I went to the fan zone I was there at, basically I think I was there about quarter past three when it opened um, and it got very, very busy in the fan zone. And uh, I put in quotes, big cues, but big fun. And uh, it was nice just bumping into all your friends that you've seen all throughout the season and even meeting new people. One, a guy called Jason who listens to the podcast and uh, is on Twitter came up and sort of had recognised me from a photo on the internet, which was a bit weird, and came up and introduced himself, which was lovely and was, was positive about the, the club and got chatting to him. And lots of people I've seen over the years, you know me, I know lots of people. Um, so that was brilliant in the fan zone. And uh, yeah, I, you did send me a message saying, get me a pint in, but unfortunately I didn't get it until it was almost going into the ground, Ollie. So apologies. I turned up at the fan zone um, and... The queue was huge, um, was so I decided massive. to go. Yeah, so I decided to go underneath and went to the wood stand, and luckily there was no real queue there. And so I got a pint in, and then um, I, then I met a guy who's um, I've known since when I sat a bit further forward in block seventeen. And there's a guy called Wayne, and he brought me a pint for yeah. doing the pod. So oh, that was go. quite nice. So there we go. It's the first time we've had some kind of yeah income from the pod. You'll have to declare that on some sort of tax form now, Ollie. I think <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> um, so that was really nice chatting to Wayne um, and his mates, uh, his father-in-law. So that was really nice. And yeah, it's always. And I was chatting to him saying, you know. This is kind of the fun, isn't it, of, of following Shrewsbury? Yes. You know the banter, the, uh, the kind of the camaraderie um, all together. So, so yeah. So that was that. It was that, and it really has kept flowing from Blackpool. Do you not think the community yeah. spirit of it, that that atmosphere, we've managed to keep it going through the playoff legs, home and away, I think, and also, you know, hopefully into Wembley, and we've really just kind of maintained that buoyancy that we didn't have before we played Blackpool you know we'd had some bad results hadn't we and really I feel like the whole football club has been sort of picked up not just by the football we've started playing but also the fans as well and I think that Paul Hurst kept saying he wanted a 12th man and I really feel like in the last few weeks you know over these games we've got that 12th man now the key is can we be that 12th man for just one more game this season and we'll come to that later on but yeah you're right I mean the fan zone was, was brilliant and, and you know we must just say it's the second season of the fan zone and it just it really does give an extra edge uh, to a to a day like Saturday, it really you know elevates the whole experience, you know the match day experience that we talk about. So yeah, it was it was good fun, and uh, then you had to go into the ground, Ollie. And did did you start <laughs> to get utterly nervous straight away? Oh yeah, I was a mixture of say of, of nervous and excited, probably a mix of two mix mm. of the two. Um, I didn't feel like I wasn't worried or scared, but yeah, it was yeah it was a, a mixture of emotions. Yourself, I was confident, but then I felt like I was starting to be overconfident because obviously, obviously I'd been on the Thursday and I'd, I'd seen that game live, and I, you know I had a feeling coming away from that that Charlton had showed us their best, and we we repulsed it, and and we weren't overly worried about it, um, and I, so I was quite confident we were going to be fine. I just felt there was probably going to be one goal in the game again and if we could nick it we'd be fine and obviously it didn't come until the second half but um, yeah I, I was quietly confident and um, I wasn't I don't think that was prevent- it was funny I think a lot of people were nervous but I think the buoyancy of the crowd kind of the nerves didn't pr- protrude onto the the game like they have done sometimes you know a few months back when Hurst was saying there was a nervousness in the crowd and it didn't really help the players I think people were nervous but I don't think that manifested itself in the crowd that down no. on Sunday did it No no I think people took that nervous energy and clapped their hands raw yeah, um, yeah. and yeah really got behind the lads um, it was did. a fantastic atmosphere and the noises they came out was just brilliant wasn't it it was really loud yeah. from the off I had, I had streamers I threw and there was I saw a more form, few more inflatables I had my inflatable uh <laughs> my inflatable bottle of champagne that keeps following me around but um yeah that was just great wasn't it and then you know they lined up and it was 
I just put on Twitter at that point, I said, strap in, lads, <laughs> this is going to be intense. And it pretty much was, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, and it's, yeah, it, the game kind of just kind of carried on, didn't it, from, from the first leg? Yes. I'd say Charlton started probably a bit brighter than Town. Yep. Um, but they had possession, and that's one thing they've had, had in these games. They've had, had possession, um, but they hadn't created that many chances um, for, over both legs. No. Um, and the game started in the same manner as, as, as at Charlton, but I'd say their their fire kind of died a bit quicker. Yeah, I think our crowd was so, so loud as well. They were trying to do what we did at Charlton, which was quiet and us down, and it never really happened because they didn't really... They had a lot of pressure, but they didn't quiet us down as quickly as we quietened them down at Charlton, I don't think. Yeah, definitely. I'd say the, and then the, the best chance um, came to Shrewsbury. Um, so and Borley had a bursting run forward. Um, unfortunately, couldn't find a, a blue and amber. Um, the ball came to Morris, and then he crossed the ball. And then, then Rodman had that chance. Yep. And that was the one of the, that was the first of many saves from um, Benoit in the afternoon. And that was a good save. He flicked it up, didn't he, and sort of turned and volleyed it through yeah. the defender's legs, which made it difficult for the goalkeeper. And um, yeah, it, it, Rodman only had the only two shots on target in the first half, didn't he? Because we'll go through the rest of the bits now. But you know, there was it was a game of very few clear cut chances in, in fairness yeah. in the first half. Even though we were letting them have a lot of the ball, I I think it was back to us like we were saying at the start of the season when we were going through those podcasts. Where, yeah, we didn't have a lot of possession against Wigan, but when we beat them at home, but we we also kept them at arm's length. And a lot of teams we were playing like that, and it was it was certainly back like the Thursday night game. It was certainly back to choose we playing that tactic that we've become so accustomed to at the best. They can play it. And when we do it like that, we're very, very difficult to beat. Yeah. yeah. We control the game yeah. without the ball. Yeah, I think that's true. Very true, yeah. Ollie, yeah. So we're really... And in, the, in terms of possession, um, Charlton had possession, most possession in both games. Yeah. So Thursday, um, it was 53%. And then on um, Sunday, it was 56%. Um, but yeah, you can, you can control the game without the ball. And that's what we did again. And yeah, as you said, we were back to... Bast- uh, Start again. We were back to our best pressing again, and when we needed to, um, yeah. and being yeah, and obviously our fitness paid again. So, so that was a um, good start to the game, and then there was quite a controversial couple of moments. Um, <laughs> so Morris is running forward and uh, trying to catch up with Baker, and yeah, there was a clash. Um, yeah, said, and yeah, yeah, there was. <laughs> 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 and yeah, Ma- Ma- Morris elbowed Baker. I don't think there's really any. Um, I don't know. What's your view of, the, of this incident? Glenn? So we've got two moments we're going to talk about here. You're going to talk about the yeah. Morris elbow, and then there's also some sort of penalty shout later on. I'll ask you first before we talk about it because we obviously watch replays later. At, at the time watching the game, did you think there was anything in either of those? No, I thought no. Baker dived. I don't. I didn't think anything was going on no. in either of them. And then when you watch the replays, you're like, okay, well, Morris could probably legitimately got a red card, and that was probably a penalty. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the replay, it looks pretty grim, doesn't it? It looks like yeah. he does shove him an elbow in his in his grill um, he's obviously an aggressive player and that's probably crossing a line should probably have almost certainly got booked for it at least um, should have been sent off I'd say yeah, would it, you say he's a red card it was violent conduct wasn't it yeah pushing it and um, it looks premeditated doesn't it so bit of an odd one but watching the game it was such a strange thing you know he was watching it and it just looked like he went up they both challenged with the ball um, and that was it the play went on didn't it so it was very strange watching it on the day and I think the only reason I started realising anything had happened was you'd see people who were watching it at home on TV going straight red card and, and it's, it's like what <laughs> can't believe we've missed that so yeah maybe we did get away with it but frankly the way it went for a few months there in that little period where we couldn't you know get get on with Blackburn and Wigan we're probably due a little bit of luck aren't we maybe that's maybe that's the one back for Matt Red on uh, Henderson yeah and it, it goes back for me for that Bradford game when I was at Bradford and you were at home watching on TV yes and I was screaming about something on Twitter and you were like nah Ollie you're wrong <laughs> <laughs> and you just get that different perspective don't you watching yes. it, um, at the game so and then the, yeah there was a Sadler handball which I didn't think was a penalty at all yeah um, and my mark, my chart on mate as well. Um, I was chatting to him this afternoon um, on, on on Messenger, and he was saying that he didn't think he thought it was a red, um, as I've just have, and he didn't think it was a penalty for Sadler either. So you seem given a lot, though. You know, his hand is out against us as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, we've been punished like that this season before. So you know, had it got given again on the time it was down, sort of the, the south stand, wasn't it, and a bit further away from us in the west stand where yeah. we sit, and it didn't. You know, you couldn't tell on the day. But again, looking back, I wouldn't have been surprised for the referee to have given it. And um, yeah, it was quite strange because the referee obviously missed those two big things. But in general, I would have said you're, the, the thoughts of Shrewsbury fans as that half wore on towards half time was the referee was completely biased towards Shrewsbury. Yeah. And, and it was giving us nothing. <laughs> they're, they're, they're right back. Um, if you do, if whoever's doing the stats for Charlton, um, doing the strength, they need to give him one for strength because yeah. he kept falling over all the time. But sorry, just going back, I just wanted one thing to comment um, about the potential red. Do you reckon it would have been different if Baker had stayed down and all the Charlton players would have surrounded the ref? Yeah, probably. They, they, but he got up straight away. I think he thought what well, he was going to get in, didn't he? So he had to get up, didn't he? Yeah, interesting. So yeah, sorry, I just want to go back to yeah, that. So, 
Yeah, so, um, and then there was, um, yeah, a, a, a really nice bit of play um, in the end of the sec- first half um, where um, Rodders gets the ball, it's all down the left flank. Um, so Rodders gets the ball, passes to Nolan. Nolan plays inside the box to Morris, and Morris does that really cute flick to Rodders. Really a little back heel, yeah. Yeah, and then Rodders shots a um, bit of a toe poke and Amos saves <laughs> again. But in real time, I, 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 I I didn't criticise Wally. I heard, I'm sorry, criticised Rodders for not passing to Wally. A few people around me shouted why he didn't pack up back to Wally. Yeah. And I could see why he thought that. But to be fair to Rodders, it was very confined space and didn't have much time, uh, more space to kind of make it a, a better decision than have a shot at goal. Yeah, something in my mind that reminds me that he scored a goal a little bit like that earlier this season as well. So yeah. I, I, I wasn't watching where Wally was. I was just thinking, shoot, shoot, shoot. So again, you know, you look back at these replays and you see people who are, who are unmarked that you don't see on the time. But um, that was the best move of the half, I thought, for both teams. You know, although we, there was only, you know, our two two reasonable chances and I think Charlton had maybe one long-range shot that went wide. That was definitely the most flowing and, and jointed move. And yeah, great from great from all the lads involved in that move. Would have been nice to have scored then. It might have took a bit of pressure off going into the second half. But um, yeah, that was it really in terms of clear-cut chances, wasn't it? You know, everything that was going on, I, I you know, going back to referee, I thought one of the things that was noticeable in the first half was that I thought, Charlton went down very, very easily. I mean, we were giving them enough reasons to. We were kind of going into our challenges yeah. quite aggressively, but that's how we play. And we didn't get anyone booked in the first half, I don't think, for for, for nasty challenges. Um, no. So we, we played like that. But they, they went down all the time, and all it did was break the game up, which was exactly what we would have wanted. Do, do you not yeah. think? We were one yeah. up. They wanted the game to flow, and they were, they were disjointing the game all the time. It was very strange. Yeah, it was odd. Um, it's a good point. I never thought about that. But yeah, they just get breaking the game up, and then... Yeah. I didn't. Well, I think time. I don't think you could criticise us for time wasting. And um, we just we weren't fast. We weren't slow. We just kind of yeah, yeah. got the ball and played up. But yeah, it f- broke down their flow. But saying that, when they beat us two 0 they didn't play flowing football, did they? They won kind of set piece football again. Yeah, that's true. Um, so so yeah, so we went in at half time and yeah, pretty pleased with a lot. I'd say um, very pleased. We're <laughs> yeah, we're uncomfortable um, playing well. Um, and yeah, I felt fairly comfortable at half-time. Still wanted a goal, though, obviously. Yeah, and I think in general, we could have played a lot better in that first half. There's no doubt about it. We'd, we'd created two good chances, but maybe a little bit passive at times. And um, there was a couple of times where Brim Morris probably tried to play a little bit too difficult of a ball and it went out of play. And I'm, I'm picking hairs here because you know it was a fantastic result across the 90 minutes. But I think there were certainly things we could have done better. And I know we'll come to Paul Hurst's comments at the end like we usually do. But you know he did say afterwards that he gave the lads a bit of a stern words, didn't he? Because he was quite clearly not happy with what they'd been first half. So, um, yeah, it's not, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the worst we played, it wasn't the best we played, but it was a, it was a solid half, I suppose. That was the best way of describing it. Yeah, and he did actually, um, he did mention that um, we were giving away um, yeah. soft free kicks. So, yeah, you bang on there, Glenn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, going to the second half, I'd say, yeah, it was not a lot happened really um, <laughs> up until the goal there was a really poor bit of build at play um, they were quite sloppy in possession really weren't they Charlton they're not the, the best um, team on the ball no. um, which, which left a counter attack um, for Shrewsbury which ended up with a bit of a tame effort um, from Nolan and then yeah not a lot more really happened in the game it was a bit um, kind of bitty and then we had the goal yeah wasn't quite as impressive as John Nolan's goal but it felt in a different way, and more important in some respects. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange, isn't it? And um, you know, as we talked about just before, for it to be Carlton that sort of scored it, and we should really analyse this finish because I thought it was a clever little finish, and I watched oh, it back on the replays. It. You know, obviously it's a great little move, a little bit of interplay. Wally does fantastic um, to to get that bit of space. He actually does a good cutback. You know, didn't try and whip it in. He saw Morris. Morris takes a very good first touch, and then the best thing he does, he shoots straight away, doesn't he? And he in his yeah. near post where a keeper should be saving that, but because he hits it so fast and so quick. Amos can't get down, can he? He just can't get down to it. And and it's a very clever, cute little finish, I think. And and fair play, the place went bloody mental, didn't it? Yeah, the um, it was a, a goal scorer's finish. Um, it was, and yes. And it was really, really tiny. And yeah, beautiful bit of play. And it was a, a really, really nice team goal. Um, you know, it was really nice to score you know, another goal in open play. Um, so what we're going to play now is we're going to play in the, um, the audio of the goal because, yeah, it's, um, it's, yeah it, it brings goosebumps, I think. <laughs>
yeah, it was it was fairly boisterous, wasn't it? I think on the commentary <laughs> they said something like eruptions at the meadow or something like that. I can't remember what was some specific phrase, but it was like you know Shropshire's gone mad. Um, I certainly went mad. Limbs everywhere, Ollie. To be honest with my brother, I normally try and record the reaction of crowd straight away, but I didn't quite get it because at one point my brother had me in a headlock and my mate Jerry was just banging me on the shoulder, so I couldn't really couldn't really do my usual thing. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to enjoy this moment because it was fantastic. And and just you look around the whole of the meadow and the whole place was bouncing wasn't it yeah it's absolutely oh, mental oh, oh. I, yeah my brother was sitting next to me and we were like hugging each other jumping up and down then I turned to Ian on my left and hugging him and yeah it was um, I'm definitely a hugger when we come to scoring a goal and yeah everyone's just going absolutely ballistic and yeah it was, it was a while we said there wasn't a lot of highlights it was very intense and I didn't look at my phone at all really during the game um t- I tweeted something at half time but yeah so yeah so you then we all kind of calmed down a bit but yeah the atmosphere carried on and uh, yeah the, the the town fans kept on going, didn't they? They didn't stop at this point either. They did. That's two, two interesting things you say about that. You, you say that not much happened, but you were you were one million percent invested in the game, weren't you? Yeah. Every tackle, every pass, every defensive mistake, every attack that broke down, there was a, a strong, pure reaction from all the fans there, and it was everything that happened was really noisy. And and the Charlton fans, to be fair, we'll come to what they did after the goal in a minute. But I thought they were really engaged in what their fans were doing, their their players were doing. They were you know noisy. They got behind their fans. It just made for, you know, 10,000 people almost, whatever it was. It made for just a great atmosphere of a bowl. And it just didn't drop off the whole game, really, until maybe the last two or three minutes when we knew we'd done. I think that maybe dropped off and then it crescendoed back up to the final whistle. But, yeah, it was just... You, everyone was kicking every ball and heading every every ball and it was just so fantastic to see people like you know if someone made like a tackle you'd see like 40 people around you get up and punch the air it was that kind of a, of a moment yeah, wasn't it, was. it so um and that was good and that was passion being shown in the right way passion not being shown in the right way was what Charlton's fans did when we scored because they just tried to invade our end didn't they and it was only apparently yeah. because the police pepper sprayed them that they actually stopped some more bad disorder happening I think yeah there was a couple of shooting fans that ran at them yeah that wasn't which great didn't, which kind of triggered it and then yeah. I saw I believe I saw a Charlton fan thump him yeah, uh, one of right. the Shrewsbury, play, Shrewsbury fans oh, and then yeah then the Charlton fans were really kicking off and they broke the barriers down didn't they um, there was, there was and that's when point. the police went in yeah, there was one point where there was like the there's like a black gate between where the Charlton fans are and then the sort of corner. And when they were all sort of pushing forwards and just before they sort of collapsed over the boardings, there was just one steward like manfully holding back the tide of all these Charlton fans. I thought that guy he deserves a raise in the summer because without him holding back that, it could have been worse. So it wasn't great to see. And and I think that maybe there was a reaction from them in that. They knew, even though it was only 58 minutes, that they, their race was won because, you know, they had all that pressure in the first half. They'd pushed us before the goal and we'd just batted it all back, you know, just back down the crease to them. And we were quite comfortable with a lot of the stuff they did. Total Turn Sadler and the defenders did fantastic. And, you know, it must have been then they were thinking, that's probably that, innit? Yeah. No, it was it was frustrating. And then, yeah, there was a. Then the game kind of just carried on. I'll say the referee again gives some like, funny decisions. There's one where Bryn Morris Very basically got kind of wrestled yeah. and didn't get a foul. And then I saw what you put on Twitter at the time. He took matters into his own hands and did yes. a solid lunge and got a yellow card. He did. Um, oh, for a classic kind of reactionary foul um, the, the worst, that's fair enough the worst one was the tackle Godfrey made running back towards goal and he just made a really good sliding tackle sort of came in from the side won the ball like you know just sort of 10 yards off the edge of the box was about to go off on another tack and the referee gave and I never heard for a long time a crowd reaction to a decision like that that was the one that I remember the most everyone was just like boo 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 and it was like it was a brilliant tackle and Godfrey was just heading his hands at that point like what are you doing here referee but they had so many free kicks and you know this is why we'll come to the top threes in a minute because for me I have to say one of the things that might get overlooked a little bit across this because we scored two goals and we scored good goals is the performance of the defence they were just immense the amount of yep. defending and clearing of the balls that they did across the under and eight and some of the blocks oh. there was one block that um, Beckles did and I'm sure it, the ball nearly went out of the stadium yeah. like it was just like proper manful defending yeah there was um, one where they really... had two shots back to back and Rodman made the second block and he did clear it out of the stadium and it was just like they, they said on the commentary I've watched it back today they'd have a half an hour commentary highlights and they basically said this is what she's all about you know that they will put their bodies on the line to block every single thing towards their goal and and we did everything we just got in front of yeah fantastic absolutely (laughs) fantastic um defense um defensive performance so yeah so then there was um then there's a chance uh, at the end of the game where we had a chance to kind of put a bit of icing on top the cherry on top of the cake so yeah counter attack um basically made it was nolan um and Payne versus one of their defenders. Um, Nolan ran into the box, squared it to Payne, who took a touch, who had a shot, and Ben Oros kind of got himself all kind of higgly-piggly um, and pulls off just an amazing reactionary save. save. Yeah, 
brilliant save to be fair and and at this point in time, I was standing on the pitch, Ollie, because this was into end. It was into like the last minute, I think, and you had people ringed round the state, around the pitch, didn't you? All ready to run on for the pitch invasion. If we'd have scored, then the place would have just gone mental. I think so. It's probably just a good job that we missed. It's a good job, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone job. would have been on the pitch and we'd have had to clear it. But uh, to be honest with you, that they didn't score from that move when you were when you were one on two, two attackers on one, and, and the keeper they should have really buried it. But um, it didn't matter in the end, did it? It was it was interesting because in that five minutes before we had that chance. Um, Charlton completely because Charlton I think they think they view themselves as a footballing team even though you talked about them you know most of their good chances came from being quite direct I thought it was really interesting that when we got the second goal they went ultra ultra direct didn't they so McGuinness who was their centre forward started taking all their long throws which was a bit of a weird one and then they brought on basically Shaq up front didn't they this big tall bloke came on up front and they went really direct to him and again I think the way our defence was playing it kind of played into our hands they weren't trying to unpick us then they were just trying to get as much in there as possible. Um, so tactically, I think Bowie made a bit of an error there as well. But uh, yeah, that was it. So we missed that chance. And then it, it was t- it was watching the clock time, wasn't it, Ollie? Yeah, it was. Yeah, just to kind of add to their chances, they had a, the, a Henderson had that spilled into oh, uh, yeah, he made a, from a corner. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of things. But yeah, it was just set pieces they were threatening from. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then the, um, and then, yeah, the final whistle went. <laughs> and what, what did you do, Glenn? Uh, well, I ran on the pitch, obviously, Ollie, because <laughs> I'm a child. Um, but to be honest with you, it was it was deserved it for this season. Um, and obviously, we'll come to it later on. We're not going to be able to make the playoff final. So I sort of thought this is my last hurrah this season. And we'll come to some of the stuff that happened on the pitch in a minute. But I, I, I recorded sort of, you know, the last sort of few seconds of the game and then everyone ran on the pitch. So I'm going to play a bit of that audio in now just so everyone can kind of hear what it was like, you know, actually on the pitch. <laughs> So yeah, that sound was amazing, Glenn, and yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so I, I stayed in Block 17 and video recorded it, so I oh, put cool. that video up on Facebook, and um, we'll put it on the um, on the Saladcast um, account as well. So yeah, I, I, re- I decided to stay up um, and record everyone on the pitch, and took some really nice photos. I took a panoramic one, oh, cool. um, which is on the group as well, and with everyone kind of in the pit, on the on the pitch. So yeah, obviously, we covered both angles um, together, and then yeah, so what, what did you do? What happened with yourself? So it was good, yeah. So I'd say it was interesting. We were standing on the pitch before the whistle went, and everyone was like, blow up, blow up, and then that whistle went and I just ran on I had my inflatable inflatable bottle still so I ran on with that <laughs> so you can see me in all the videos because it's the only sort of inflatable knocking around um, I ran on and I say recorded it with that audio as it got on there and as, as I ran on there the first person I saw was Omar so I went over to him and was like patting him on the back well done Omar tried to give him my bottle of champagne but he didn't want it so obviously he's not celebrating too early Ollie, which is fair enough um, the, the most interesting thing I noticed on the highlights that I've watched back was and the, on the final whistle Dean Henderson just starts cartwheeling forward and as the crowd as the crowd Brilliant. run on he just seems to get cartwheel into just about 100 people who then just mob him he's a, he's mad isn't he to be fair Henderson so, yeah he's um, absolutely not her. there was that and then and then I was standing there and um, there was another big group of people and some, one of the players was like down low and I was like I wonder who's in the middle of there and they were all chanting and then suddenly I've got I put the video on uh, on Twitter as well Toto just jumps out in the middle of them and he's just going mad and so everyone just sort of crowded around him as well and then as we were sort of going closer and closer to the tunnel um, Lee Bowyer was getting escorted off the pitch and he had wild eyes Ollie I don't know what had gone on there's there's some been some people saying that he, he sort of attacked one of our fans coming off or someone swung for him I don't know what happened but yeah he was he was so befuddled and, and red eyed and then looked just totally mad um, and the town fans were giving him so much abuse there was people going you're the better team Lee you're the better team Lee you've just got to remember that and that's the polite stuff you know and um, so I saw him getting escorted off and I was just doing this and then Rodders just sort of shouldered past me he, wasn't, he just I was completely oblivious to who it was I was like oh there's Rodders so he went into it <laughs> that was quite interesting and then yeah everyone kind of um, got in a big group didn't they it was loads of chanting you know you're bumping into people you know again like in the fan zone but much more you know jubilant I suppose um, and then eventually it ended up going into sort of everyone standing there and Roland Witchley was at the top and there was loads of chanting for Roland Witchley which was yeah. sort of a, a nice way to end it for him as well and then after that the players came up on the balcony and there was lots of sort of chanting at them and Dean Anderson acting mad as usual and 
the the look on the players' faces, just sheer delight and and seeing this happen in front of them. It was just for as much as excitement and positivity that we can talk about what happened on on Sunday. You could see it in their faces, and they uh, they're going into this playoff final now, Ollie, in a such a buoyant mood. You know that it just bodes very well. That's all I'll say. Yeah, we went into it into, into good form, and yeah, it was fun. So by this time, I was on the pitch. Oh, um, so yeah, I think it was really nice for um, to, for Ronald um, Rutchley to get those chance. Uh, I think it's much deserved in terms of backing the, the um, Paul Hurst. And yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. And yeah, was, and then Dean Henderson was obviously um, playing um, the conductor again, was, yeah. <laughs> choosing what songs to sing. <laughs> and then for me, the, the best moment. And I've got this video um, on my phone, Glenn. So I'll, I'll put it. We'll put it on the YouTube account as well. Yeah, is. Um, where when Paul Hurst comes, so the players kind of leave a gap, and then he comes out, and everyone just goes mad into a chorus of um, yeah, Paul Hurst, Bell, Army, Army. And yeah, it was just a really nice kind of way to end the day, wasn't it? You know, um, for me, I'm a I'm not a fan of pitch invasions for checker trade finals or no, you no. know for other games, but I think you know this kind of event, you know, it it, it was definitely warranted. Definitely, one hundred percent, it was worth doing it. And I know I saw a few ch- churlish chart fans going, "You haven't won anything yet." That's fine, but mate, we were relegation candidates at the end of the season, and that was our last home game. And every single one of those players that's played for us this season deserved that send off. What they do at Wembley now, it's a one-off game, but I don't care for the season that they've put in, the hard work, the commitment, the training, the hard bad weather they've played in, the travel, everything that you know is part of being a professional footballer. Right, you get paid, but. What they've done for our football club and the pride and passion they've played with—that's that, the other thing to say—and that and the commitment—it just it deserved it. That's what it, regardless of even if we lost, I'd have been on and done the same thing. I think it would have been a bit hollow, but you know, I th- just they just deserved it, didn't they, Ollie? There's nothing more you can say about that, really. <laughs> no, it's almost like yeah. The, I've been listening to it. It's funny because Kasabian album came out this year, a new one, and I've been listening to that a lot when I've been travelling, and it's almost like the, the the kind of the anthem of this season has been Underdog mm. and the Kasabian song, and it's just yeah, we. Yeah, we've just been defying the odds all the time, um, which has just been fantastic. So, standing even, yeah. tall amongst giants again, on exactly, yeah. Back to that as an iconic thing. It's funny just talking about Roland Witchley chance. I was just thinking back. The last time Roland Witchley had any chance at the New Meadow was that three week period where we hadn't got a manager after Mickey Mellon left, and it <laughs> yeah. was you've got to go and you're a you're a W word. And actually, it turned out that taking all of that time to find Paul Hurst, even though he got so much grief about it. Turned out that was probably the best decision he's made as a chairman of Shrewsbury oh. Football Club. Maybe other than moving stadiums, it yeah, was. Definitely. It was, and so he must have felt so vindicated listening to those chants because, you know, it was pretty tough to go through. I mean, I chanted at him because it was feeling really bad. Then we were all very down. Weren't you we, were getting point? very annoyed. I remember yeah, you were. I was. Yeah. You, you were getting but, quite frustrated that um yeah we we after Melky met well and anyway, it's not going to that but um yeah so um <laughs> so fantastic so who was who's you going for your top three Grim. Who was going for top three? My, my brother said we should do these top threes and then also I'm going to ask you a question afterwards so I'll come back to you okay. in a minute. But my top three was Bryn Bri- Godfrey. Who the hell is Bryn Godfrey? Um, <laughs> I went for Godfrey for Man of the Match. He'd be a good player though, wouldn't he, Bryn Godfrey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, he was fantastic, wasn't he? He, was, he absolutely drove us forward and, and he showed that commitment that you needed throughout the 90 minutes. And, um, you know, he, he was just fantastic. He probably didn't misplace a pass, probably didn't miss a tackle. And even the tackles he won, he seemed to get, you know, a free kick given against him, which was unfair. But he was just brilliant, I thought. And I'm sure you'll say the same thing in a minute. Um, I, I went then for defenders because I've sort of been leading into this all the way through this podcast is that I don't think you, you achieve the result we've achieved in both these legs without Toto and Sadler particularly. So I went Toto second and Sadler uh, third. Without Toto's commitment to, to just being a brick wall and Sadler's leadership during these playoff games I think that those two deserve specific credit out of the defenders you know me I love Omar and I think James Bolton's a good player but those two were brilliant on Saturday and we were playing against a very tricky clever set of Charlton attackers and they just had an answer to everything and even when they brought Kai Kai on they didn't really make any difference so yeah, Godfrey Toto and Sadler, but you know anyone could have had a shout because everyone was brilliant. I think. Yeah, no, fantastic. Sorry, one thing we should have mentioned, Glenn. Did you see the picture on Facebook um, of the young lad in, um, in the wheelchair who got on the pitch? Yeah, brilliant. That. Yeah, the police, the police, the police helped get him on. Yeah, <laughs> that's what fantastic. A memory. Oh, that's yeah, it's fantastic. So um, yeah, so um, I went for Godfrey first because he was just a rock. So yeah, I went second. Um, I went for Morris because that goal was just absolutely superb. The finish, the composure, um, scoring goals. They say is the hardest thing to do in football. Um, and I think the work effort he put in um, over the two legs, uh, you know, getting back to form, um, I think that he um, deserves um, to get my second place. Um, and then I went for Sadler because he was just a rock again. Um, maybe a bit harsh on the rest of the defenders because I think Bolton's been fantastic. Beckles has been fantastic. Toto has been fantastic. But yeah, I just went for the captain again, Sadler, because I think his, um, his work kind of like, you know, 
talking to the players and all that kind of stuff as well was um, really important. Yeah, his leadership is, is absolutely vital. Yeah. And, and that's our top threes. But, and we've mentioned quite a few of the players through here and you've just mentioned Bolton and Beckles being really solid as well. But, you know, we like we talked about on the podcast last week about the away leg. The both wingers were really good again. They really got the defence worried when they were running at them. And um, we've we've mentioned, in fact, you know what we've not mentioned during this whole podcast is John Nolan, which is interesting because he was still good. One, of the, he definitely was injured. There was a point at the end of the first half where he was clearly carrying a knock of some sort and was a little bit out of it for sort of a 10, 15 minute spell. Um, my mates around me were suggesting because he's got ginger hair, it was just because the sun was out and he was obviously. Suffering. They were kicking him as well. He had they few really, nasty knocks. I agree with you there. They definitely target him in the. First 10 15 minutes, but in the second half, he was, he was back to his best, I thought, and, and really good. So, yeah, no room had another good game. Which brings me to my question, Ollie. So, if you've got player of the match for away game, player of the match for the home game, who would you give your player of the playoffs? So, that the whole tie, the 180 minutes. Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. That is, you got it's me there. Yep. Oh, um, well, I had Godfrey in my top three for the other game as well. You so, did? I'm tempted to go for Godfrey, but that goal is just so sublime. I'm going to go for Nolan. Would you? Just for the goal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting because I, I love I love Johnny Nolan, but I, I genuinely would, would pick one of the two centre-backs. Having watched both games and been there live, I would probably just shade Sadler over Toto because of his captain captainship and, and leadership throughout that period. But it's really tough. I think you could, if you look at the whole tie, Sadler, Toto, Godfrey, Nolan are the four you'd probably say were the four best players across the tie but I think but that's harsh letting people it's out, really it? harsh yeah but I think I would just go for Sadler because I think even in the post-match interviews and stuff when I heard him talking I just I'm so so confident with him as a captain and I know we yeah. miss a go-go in that role but you know Sadler has stepped up to do that on pitch captaincy without a go-go so there you go it was an interesting one so that was my brother's question Matt, I was going to say it wasn't from you it was definitely <laughs> that was definitely a mic question it was it was a good one um so there we go. And then after the match, we all filtered out after the, after all the celebrations. And I went to the fan zone. And oh, sorry, the fan zone. I went to the um, I went to a, a little pub crawl on the way back down through uh, Bellevue. So we stopped at I think the Masonic, and um, we were going to go in the Bellevue Tavern, but someone was having a 65th birthday party, and I didn't think they'd appreciate a bunch of Shooter fans <laughs> turning up. Um, and then yeah, we went on to the Seven Stars, which is reopened, which I didn't know. So it only opened on Saturday, so they were quite glad to have some customers come in for a start. And um, yeah, didn't get home until I passed 11, Ollie. Went home with some nice chips from Colum Chippy, and that was a nice end to a nice day. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I got home, um, and then, yeah, went for a, a pint, and, yeah, it was a... Had to have a pint after the end of that day. It was a fantastic performance, and, yeah, Definitely. absolutely superb again. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, there was... I think there was some trouble, wasn't there? I saw some cop cars driving around <laughs> and great. stuff. And, there was a police helicopter as well. Yeah, there was, yeah. So, so yeah, we don't really know what happened there, so let's leave yeah, that. I was um, out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, what did Paul Hurst have to say? So, first he was asked how he's feeling. Um, he said it's a bit strange, but delighted. Deli- um, you can see delight on the players' faces. But there is a realisation there's still one one game to go before we can really celebrate. Yeah. Um, he said Char were on top at the start of the, sec- um, the start of the first half, but then we came on top. He said, tongue in cheek, we got a goal from our non-goal scoring centre forward. Um, an excellent um, goal and we looked like a good side again. Um, and he said, obviously linking back to Boya's comments, he said there's no doubt that the best team won over the two yeah, games. Yeah, he's very clear on that. I saw that. Yeah. And Boya was again saying that they were the better team. So I don't know whether that's <laughs> him mad. trying to... Oh yeah, I don't know if it's he's mad or whether he's just that's just trying to help him get the job full time mm, I'm not sure possibly. but then yeah really funny comment and I'm sure people have seen the pictures as well um, Paul Hurst said he got a kiss from a famous fan um, he said he was not overly keen on which was quite <laughs> funny um, and he said and then Paul um, BBC Shropshire asked if he was going to go to Rotherham he said he doesn't think they'll have a seat for him oh. uh, which is quite funny so I think he might watch that on, from TV um, he said, and he said we're probably underdogs when we go to Wembley it's unusual to finish third with that many points still with the outsider but that's just a story of, um, of our season and I was watching Becky was watching Sky and she was sending me like a a flood of text messages because um, she was getting livid with Carl Robinson and Sky and I watched it back when I was at home and it was very biased again very London centric very boring same yeah. old stuff and yeah fine I don't really care if we're the underdogs we're, and we'll um, we're constantly they, they put us down and we always come back so fingers crossed we'll be underdogs at Wembley um, and fingers crossed we can get the result it's, work, it's working for us Ollie I agree you know let's be the underdogs I don't, I don't care really to be honest with you I mean we're the underdogs and we've just won two games on TV in four days do you know what I mean that doesn't happen yeah. at Shrewsbury Town Football Club and um, you know we've, I think we've won you know quite a lot on TV in the recent times so it's going to be on TV again other than the Lincoln game I suppose but um yeah, it was interesting. I mean, Paul Hurst's comments were exactly what you would have wanted to hear. And, and, you know, we should talk about post-match again. They actually let the players and Paul Hurst all go out on on Sunday night. They all went and yeah. celebrated it. So um, Ryan Humphreys, who's sort of a fan of the podcast and, and a lad we've got to know, um, 
I think he works at the butter market. I think he runs. He does, yeah. Sure. He 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 sent me a photo today with Paul Hurst with his arm around him, and this was at the <laughs> butter market at like after after twelve or something at night. And he said that he said, and and I'll say what he told me, but he said the players could not have given more to the fans that were there in the butter market and other venues that night. No, no one didn't have enough time for a photograph. No one didn't have enough time to stop and talk, shake someone's hand. He said Paul Hurst was an absolute gentleman, and. It just adds into that feeling of, of, of the love that we all started to get and we've had for a long time for this team that they're a decent bunch of folks. And the other interesting thing he said was Carlton Morris and Dean Henderson are completely inseparable. He said they'll be friend he said they will be friends for life. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's a really nice insight. Cheers for Ryan. He's yeah, good lad, Ryan. Good. He's the yeah. guy who helps with all the the cool posters and stuff. Um, yeah, it, and it's interesting. While Carl, Carl Robinson talked a lot of nonsense, um, and my mate, my charter mate, said that um, the most of the Charlton fans were saying that a better team won, which is quite interesting. And he was uh, Carl Robinson did say one thing. He said, "There's not a there's no team." or squad of players that are closer than Shrewsbury in the playoffs. Um, yes. So, yeah, he, he said something interesting. A, a broken clock is right twice a day, Ollie. There you <laughs> so, um, so there we go. It was in, I, I watched a bit of the, even, even the highlights, was really, even the commentary I thought was a little bit biased, to be honest with you. But um, they didn't quite get a walk in amongst giants in quoting. It wasn't quite no. as iconic, the commentary of Carl Morris has got, I didn't think. Um, so there we go. But I've got one last question before we move on to looking at Wembley, Ollie. So we've been at the New Meadow 11 years. We did a, a special... Um, in the at Christmas, which you can still go back to and listen on the Salopcast uh, SoundCloud account, which was which is a cracking special, really. Looking back at the first ten years of the Meadow, all the games, best and worst moments, right? And we we had a top ten list, didn't we? Of the best games has been, and and talked about all the good things. Big question: Was that the best game or best game slash atmosphere that we've had at the New Meadow? Hands down, definitely. You reckon? I, I yeah. would agree as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It meant so much. It was. It was so. And yeah, it was kind of you know um, for the cause. And yeah, this Paul Hurst's um, completely united the fans and yeah at the ground the, the atmosphere was just fantastic and yeah I remember looking down at my hands and my hands were red like literally <laughs> glowing red from clapping um, my, my voice is still a bit hoarse today yeah um, yeah absolutely fantastic so yeah so the fans definitely um, was the 12th man and definitely supported the team over and it's interesting obviously Paul Hurst doesn't feel the need to talk about the fans apart from um, positives um, yeah. so yeah he's he just gets everything right in he? he's I, I put a tweet out earlier I've put, put a lot of tweets out that yeah Paul Hurst football genius he's just got everything right so far and fingers crossed fingers crossed going to Wembley um, we can, we've got one more game we can do it there there's no manager had a better 18 months than Paul Hurst no. since he walked in through the, the doors of, 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 of New Meadow no it just isn't yeah full of stats here Glenn so oh, the teams that finished um, I think the teams that finished around us um, when they got all got relegated and stuff has all got you know all had terrible terrible got on to terrible things yes so yeah like so many clubs that were in that kind of pack have been relegated again so Bury have gone down um, Port Vale, you know, Chesterfield, all these yep. teams are struggling. We're in the conference now. Yeah. And yeah. and guess what? Paul Hurst has turned it around and, and yeah, we finished third. It's just it's just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal what he's done and yeah. Bring on it, Wembley. It, yeah, we're in Wembley. We'll get to that now, but I, I would say that regardless of whether we win at Wembley or not, you know, this eighteen months will be looked back at as an incredibly pivotal slash important period in the club's history to have turned something that was heading in the wrong direction to somewhere where there's a club with hope and passion and belief that they can do something, um, I think we'll look back on that. And no one will ever tell me again that Town fans cannot generate an atmosphere at New Meadow because that has been completely Proved. disproven. And, and it needs a very specific set of circumstances to happen, but it can be done. And we need to start as a football club figuring out how we can do that on a regular basis. But maybe that's something to talk about in the summer. So I think it's we, ale, Glenn. I think it's what? ale. <laughs> Just give Town fans copious amount of ale. <laughs> this is the good thing. If we go up to the championship, we'll have loads of late kickoffs. So it'll happen all the time, won't it? We'll probably... Yeah. Yeah. Storm the championship then. Um, so yeah, we'll leave the game there because we've done 50 minutes on one game, but it was bloody worth it. Um, yeah, it was. And we'll just do a little look ahead to Wembley uh, now. Warley with the corner towards Colton Morris, and it's there! Colton Morris rises highest at the near post, heads in the corner, and could that be the goal that takes Shrewsbury Town to Wembley? So we look ahead to Wembley uh, and going there, apart from me and you, Ollie, but that's a whole <laughs> other discussion to be had at some point. Um, yeah, I think that there's obviously a lot of questions that everyone's going to have about Wembley, isn't there? And um, you think, and you've put out a, co- a question to everyone, which I think is the biggest question that needs to be asked now, following what went on at Lincoln, is, should Paul Hurst wear a tracksuit or a suit to the Wembley final this time? And yeah, and Shooter Town fans are pretty, <laughs> um, you know, pretty pretty united. 97% of Town fans say that um, 
we should, Paul Hurst should wear a, a tracksuit and gilet combe. Definitely. If if it's 2-1, we'll see. We'll let him off with a t-shirt and tracksuit. But we, I do not want to see Paul Hurst in a suit. He can maybe arrive in a suit and he can leave in a suit. But on the on the touchline, he's got to be in his tracksuit. Underdog managers, not allowed to wear a suit. There we go. Exactly. Them that, won't we? So now, he's, now we're the underdogs in this one. He, he'll have to wear a tracksuit top. Although he can't look any worse than Mickey Mellon did in the uh, Tranmere playoff final. Because they all have to wear these like Vanarama like um, blue puff sort of blue tops and Mickey Mellon's he's filled out a little bit even from leaving us on it it wasn't a great look <laughs> no Becky said he looks like a plumber he's <laughs> coming around to fix you or do a bit of painting or something um, Christ yeah, he, he doesn't look like a football manager can you imagine the Tranmere podcast they do talking about that game Jesus Christ oh, that was man. nuts but anyway hopefully ours is a little less stressful than that one when we get there um, so yeah I think we're all agreed no tracksuit um, a few of the other questions people have sort of been talking about on Twitter I saw today was you know, crowd Ollie. So what are we thinking in terms of how many we'll take now? Obviously we had the 13, 14,000 for the checker trade, but there's lots of reasons for that. Um, do you think we'll get over 20k? Do you think we could push upwards of 23, 24 like we have done before? So Mr. Stats, what did we take last time we went to Wembley in the playoffs? Can you remember? I think- Something like 23, 24, it was roughly around that for the biggest attendance, I think. We'll have a look if we do another podcast before, but you know that's probably maybe the maximum we could be aiming at. I'd like to think that 20k is doable. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, yeah, I'd say that um, Yeah, 25,000, I'd say, is probably where we might get to. 22, maybe. Less than 20, a bit of a disappointment. but Massive, yeah. yeah. It's funny, because this is, this is a bigger playoff final than any of the other ones. You know? Yeah, definitely. This is to get into the championship. You know, we're going to, the, the sort of top Southcast and Blue and Amber are going to, you know, do another one of our sort of posters that we've been doing, along with, with Ryan Humphreys, we mentioned before. And, and this time we're looking to try and, you know, basically try and empty Shropshire and, and I think we're going to go with the phrase reverse the curse so if we're talking about having a Wembley curse this is going to be the chance for the, everyone to get down there be that 12th man and help reverse the curse and um, my friend Jerry Leahy I should should quote him really because this was his idea he said you should use this for your next poster and I was like great idea I'm stealing that Jerry um, and thank, apparently there was a thing with I think it was the Boston Red Sox he said in America that hadn't won the World Series for yeah. like years and years and years and they got this fan led campaign to reverse the curse and you know, the whole city bought into it. And so I think, you know, if we're going to have a fan-led campaign using social media and, and getting the football club to engage, if that's going to be the theme of it. We haven't come up with a poster and, and all the ideas yet, but the theme is going to be reverse the curse. Do you like that, Ollie? Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> famous, wasn't it? Boston Red Sox uh, couldn't, yeah. couldn't win the World the, the, what do you call it, the World Series, even though it's only really calendar in America. But anyhow. No, exactly. <laughs> doesn't really count, does it? Um, so, so I'll be going for that. And then uh, next question to ask you, Ollie, is I suppose this is a more important question, a real question about the match. Who do you want to play? Oh, this is a tough one, isn't it? Because I would say Scunthorpe. Um, yep, there's just too. something about Rotherham and Johnny Taylor and Paul Hurst's background. And then, yeah, obviously we beat Scunthorpe um, both times. Yeah, in the with the East, was it the Beast from the East 2? Um, it was. You were a bit chilly. God, when I lost the, the use of my right hand. Because <laughs> it was so <laughs> cold. My kids had to leave after 25 minutes. Yeah, it was a strange game, that one. But we, I would have said the same thing as you, Scunthorpe. But I watched the Rotherham Scunthorpe game. I know it ended up being 2-2. At the, it was the Scunthorpe home game, the first yep. half game. I thought over the 90 minute minutes, Rotherham were more impressive and yeah. it's likely we're going to play Rotherham, but I'd rather play Scunthorpe. Yeah, totally agree with that. Totally mm. agree with that. Yeah. And my last question for you, Ollie, is how important is your wedding, really? <laughs> pretty, pretty important. <laughs> oh, is it really? Damn. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to do that. I, I, I'm still hoping that there's some sort of message going out about how this will, you know, this game will be related to your wedding. So I'll just wait. I'll wait some comments during the week, Ollie. Is that all right? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's quite funny. I put it out on um, on 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 my own Facebook um, page about yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's funny that yeah, I'm going to be Shrewsbury Town and be playing in a player final, um, and obviously chatting to people at work as well because they know about it as well. There's a big Bolton fan who I chat to every kind of every week. We always kind of like, a bit like you and your boss share war stories. Yeah, um, and he's like, yeah, what are you going to do? And it's yeah, we're just going to have to follow it, and, and and it could be a very very special day if we um, yeah. if we get it. Well, I think I'm going to try and get my brother to come on the podcast afterwards because it's going to be a bit lame with nine. Yeah, exactly. And all the lads at the pub were mocking me relentlessly as soon as we we went to the pub yesterday for like, you're not going, you're not going. And and one of my mates had already booked like 20, 20 hotel rooms two months ago. He yeah. did a bit of a Milton Keynes dons on it, but he could always cancel them and get the money back. And and they've already been organising their travel and they're getting their tickets tomorrow. So hopefully everybody goes. That we can't make it is no reflection on it. Every single other person in Shropshire should get down there and support this team. Um, unless you're a Telford fan, obviously. Um, but yeah, I I you know. Regardless of what we're doing, everyone should go and watch it. So there we are. So yeah, there you go. Um, I think the last thing to talk about really is Sun- Sunday was an historic day for the football club. But funnily enough, we've we've kind of followed it up with a second historic day for the football club um, because 
if anyone's been sort of looking at Shootown's content they've been putting out today, and it's also been on Midlands News and a few other places, we actually f- started to install Safe Standing today. So all the seats have come out. Um, and I believe, having talked to Mike and, and Roger from the Sports Parliament earlier this afternoon, that the first rail seats will actually be installed today, just a, f- a few as an example for people to take photos of. Um, so it's just another massive moment, isn't it, for the football club? Yeah, it is. It's funny, isn't it? It's just the season just keeps on giving. Yeah, definitely. It's it's crazy, isn't it? And, um, you know, regardless of what happens in the next couple of weeks, you know, we've all got that to look forward to and seeing how that develops and, you know, maybe helping that to be the catalyst to bring in those atmospheres that we've just talked about having, you know, on a more regular basis, probably not as vociferous because you need to sell out every week for that to happen. But, you know, to get something more regular would be fantastic. So, yeah, two historic days in a row. And, and yeah, who knows what the next few weeks will bring, Ollie? Yeah, it's been a, it's been an amazing journey. And, um, yeah, <laughs> so what is it now? We've got two weeks away, less than two yep. weeks away. Um, so the players have plenty of time to rest. Hopefully Nolan can get over his knock. Um, and yeah, it's just going to get buzzing. Now it's just going to be, everyone's going to talk about tickets um, and probably um, negative things about tickets. But let's yeah, let's yeah. leave on a high. Let's leave on a high. We've had an amazing day yesterday. Everyone is absolutely buzzing. Um, and if, yeah, if you ever feel, yeah, you're a bit down or you want to do, you know, you're feeling like what's not sure what's what to do, just go onto on the internet, watch Nolan's goal or <laughs> yeah. watch um, Morris's goal. And yeah, you'll definitely have a smile on your face. It's it's the ultimate Prozac for Shrewsbury Town fans watching John Nolan's goal. There we go. It's like the drug that will always keep on giving. In 20 years' time, if you feel like you're in a bad time, just stick that goal on and everything will feel a lot better, Ollie. But, and the sound yeah. that hits the crossbar. The I, about I said that, didn't I, last yeah. week? It is brilliant. I'm going to have to isolate it and play it in the podcast in the future. But there we go. I hope everyone's enjoyed our reminiscence of, of what was a, a fantastic day at Shrewsbury Town Football Club and um, you know many more to come, hopefully. But... Yeah, it's just been a, a fantastic... Po- I think I've enjoyed doing this podcast probably more than any we've done in the last two years, Ollie, because it's just been just fun and happy. <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. we've not always been like that. So, um, no. yeah, there we go. Let, let's leave it there and let's wish everyone a good two weeks. Everyone needs to rest up, get those voices fixed. And, yeah, let's reverse the curse. Let's leave it at that. Um, and I went for um, for Clinton Morris second because to, Clinton okay. Morris that's as bad as my oh, <laughs> oh I'm my leaving God. that in Ollie 